welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast, where we are down to one pea, your host, Laura Morrell. A podcast where no conversation is off topic. Welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast with your host, Laura. Now, this is just a solo episode with me, myself and I, and I thought a really good topic would be about how do people have their all their shit together? You know, those people that are smashing it at work, killing it at studies. They're also like a mum. Then you see them having a social life and they just look like they've got their shit together. Now, do these people exist? Are they real? And how the hell do they make it look so easy? So I thought as an episode, I can give you my top tips for productivity, organization, but the most important thing, how the hell do we do all of that on top of all our non-negotiables for health? So one of the biggest reasons my clients reach out to me is because it's too hard to have it all together. They're either killing at work, doing their hours at work, but then their health goals kind of get pushed to the side. So this could be whether you know, you're working, you're studying, you're being a mom, you're being a friend, you're trying to have a social life. And then on top of that, you're trying to be healthy and work towards specific body goals or health goals. So how the hell do we do everything? And I know a lot of people look at me and they think I have so much discipline. They think I have my shit together, but I'm going to give you my tips, tricks, and secrets to why I look like I have it all together. And to be pretty fair, I think I'm pretty balanced. I think I do have it together in a lot of aspects of my life. And I want to teach you how I've done that because I didn't wake up one day to get to this point. Trust me, like it has taken me, I think, 15 years to be able to get to this point where I feel really, I don't like the word balanced, but I feel really in aligned with all aspects of my life. Now, the reason I don't like the word balance is because subconsciously we think 50-50. So if we're thinking 50-50, we're thinking, well, I work 12 hours a day or eight hours a day or 10 hours a day. That means I should be resting eight to 12 hours a day, but we get home and we probably have an hour and a half, maybe two hours. So we feel so out of balance with work work to home life. So that's why I kind of like it to be, I don't like the word balance. I like more um, quotas or thresholds because balance really resembles 50-50. So it is about understanding that some weeks, you know, it will be 80-20 with work. It might be 70-30. So first of all, I don't like using that word balance. Let's throw that out, get rid of it, and let's completely redefine how the hell to get all your shit together. So let's get into it. So I'm going to talk you through my story. And I remember being so overwhelmed. I was back in corporate days. So I used to be a recruitment manager and I did recruitment for about 13 years. Not a lot of people actually know that, but I lived that life. And this is why I'm so passionate about helping, you know, working mums and working women, because I lived that lifestyle my whole twenties. And that nine to five can be really hard to balance everything because I remember like every day I would wake up and be like, yep, today's the day I get to go to gym. I'm going to go for my walk. I'm going to food prep. But then what happens was I get anxiety on the Sunday because I'm like, oh crap, I'm back to work on the Monday. And then I'd be so tired by the time I finished work that I would get on the train, walk home. And then it was a constant battle of, do I go to the gym? And then nine times out of 10, I would end up going straight home, being too tired 
and not optimizing my nighttime routine. I probably didn't even, I don't think I even had one back then. And then pretty much go to bed wired, sleep in because I was like, I'll go to gym in the morning. And then I'll just repeat that until Friday. And then I remember being so happy on the Thursday afternoon. And if you're listening, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about because Friday is like, yes, end of the week. So you're like living it for Friday to come because you know, you've got two days off, but then you want to do nothing on the weekend because you're so tired. And that cycle repeated over and over and over again for years until I was like, you know what, I'm done. And this is when I started learning the neurobiology of change. I started learning more about how our brains work in terms of being able to handle things. And this is why I created my business and this is what we specialize in. So with my program we run, we really teach women how to get their shit together health, work, study. So by teaching them how to optimize their health, it trickles into other areas of their life. How can they have a social life and stay healthy? How can they have more energy to be more productive at work and then be able to still have energy, go to the gym? How can they optimize their mental health so they can be a better partner, a better mum who's more patient, who's more rational? So everything flows into every other aspect of your life, but you need to know where to start and you need to know how to create that momentum of change. And that's a probably one thing I love to teach women, the momentum of change. Where we go wrong, we are very stop-start with change, but we need to start to generate that momentum. So a little bit just to kick off, my, my first thing I will say is the program is a little bit of neurobiology of change. So this is where we have like the Goldilocks rule. And when it comes to the brain, we don't like anything too easy. If anything's too easy, we're like, meh, we don't put an effort in. But then we don't like anything too hard because if anything's too hard, you, you know this, you put it in the too hard basket and you procrastinate. So in order to get the right amount of hard in the brain, in order for it to be achievable, it needs to be just the right amount of hard. And it can be really hard to DIY that because we as humans in today's society like to go extreme. We like to go so hard, but it doesn't work. It never has and it never will. And then it's also some methods and strategies to learning how to cope with life, to learning how to deal with working the nine to five, being a mum, studying, wearing all those hats. And then it's sprinkled with some mindset changes. And sister, trust me, you will then have it all together. But we need to stop that all or nothing, go hard, go home mentality. You don't need to go hard. You don't need to go home. You just need to learn the neurobiology of change. So in this episode, I'm going to give you my top tips to change, to productivity, to being able to feel like you have it all together in different aspects of your life, work, study, health, being a mom, being a sister, being a friend you can have it all. So my first tip is what we like to call at LMW, the pink frog. And I know that sounds whack. Even when I teach my clients this, they're like, I have never had a program or a course that teaches these weird ass analogies. Now, the pink frog actually comes from a strategy I was taught back when I was in corporate world, and that's called the, the green frog. And the green frog is basically where it's an idea or a method to help you with procrastination. You know that procrastination, you need to go for a walk, you need to get the meal prep done, you need to go to gym, but you keep putting it off, keep putting it off. Well, 
The green frog is a productivity hack for the uh, workspace. The pink frog is the productivity hack for the health space. So the pink frog is where you find your hardest task, the one task you hate doing, the one task you find hard. That could be meal prepping. It could be getting the steps in. It could be going to gym. And do that in the morning. You want to eat the frog in the morning. So this means getting up and going for a walk, going to the gym. But you want to tackle that first thing in the morning. Why? Because one, the hard bit's done for the day. So the rest of the day, you're generating easy momentum. Two, you build confidence. You feel good in yourself because you've done something you usually always put off. And that's just going to own your freaking morning. And if you can own your morning, you then own your day. Think about when you wake up, you sleep in, you don't get to eat breakfast, you get to work stressed. Think of that negative cascade that happens throughout the rest of the day. You're probably in a shit mood. You have a bunch of emails. Your manager messages messages you. You're even more in a shit email. You don't get a lunch break and then you're just hanging for five o'clock. But how do you feel when you get to the gym? You do a great session. You have energy for the day. And then it's kind of almost like you see the light, the day in a different light. Like you see it with a different lens. It's like putting on rose-colored glasses of positivity. And that's what we want. So you want to eat the pink frog in the morning. That's my tip number one. My second tip is one of my most favorite and popular methods and strategies with my clients. And it's called the SOS pack. Now, the SOS pack is a strategy where it's like, Okay, a lot of my analogies come from, say, for example, like video games or movies, things like that. But think like a video game where you have little um, recovery packs or little health things that you go and collect and it like rebuilds you. That's what an SOS pack is. It's about being aware when you know life is going to be busy. So, for example, it's currently three days before I go to Europe. So this week is pretty much back to back because I have to do about two weeks worth of work in one week, get everything organized before I leave. So I know I'm not going to be able to get my normal steps, my normal training, meal prep and all of that. So I need to pull out my SOS pack because I know this week is going to be abnormally busy. So what's really important is to understand that life is going to have ups and downs. It's going to have high stress, low stress, ebbs and flows. And we have to predict that. And even if we don't know how to predict it, we can't predict it because life is unpredictable. We need to learn how to adapt and pull out that SOS parachute pack whenever life gets busy. Why this is important is because this kind of falls into the term self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is your belief in yourself that you can overcome any challenge, any obstacle. You're like, girl, I can get through this. And you want to build that because when, for example, we're running a challenge at the moment and the girls are realizing like some girls are having to work back late. Some of the mums have sick kids. Like there are always going to be things that trickle into your life or like curveballs in your life. And you have to learn how to adapt. And adapting means pulling out your SOS pack. So this is where I like to... Um, come up with an analogy to kind of remove that all or nothing thinking. Now, when we have low self-efficacy, so a low self-belief that we can overcome challenges, that little rock in the road, which might be long hours at work, you have to stay behind for a meeting or your bub gets sick, that little rock in the road derails your whole week. So instead of it being a little rock that you 
you know, drive over and continue on. That little rock has literally caused you to major collision on the highway and your whole week is ruined. And then you are in that mentality of I'll start again next week. Next week's going to look better for me. And we aim and hope for that perfection. But I'm here to tell you those weeks don't happen. They really don't. I've been hoping for that week for probably 15 years and it still hasn't come. There has never been a perfect week. Even this week, Monday morning, by seven o'clock, my dog had eaten a, a kilo and a half of raw sugar, spilt everywhere with protein powder, and then he peed in it or spilt his water. So then it became sticky all over the couch and the floor. And he looked at me with these innocent, beautiful little eyes, face covered in sugar. So he looked like a little cinnamon donut, which was so freaking cute. But he was also very hyperactive because he just ate a whole bunch of sugar. So he was going crazy with a face full of sugar. And I had to spend about two and a half hours taking him for a walk to burn off his energy, calling the vet, making sure he's okay, keeping an eye on him and then cleaning the crap out of my house because it had sticky sugar absolutely everywhere. The walls, the floor, the couch. That was Monday morning before 7 a.m. So I hope that helps you to realize there is no perfect weeks. So instead of wishful thinking, hoping for a perfect week, we learned the SOS pack. We learned how to adapt. And a really good analogy is a lot of the time we see this a challenge that comes our way um, and we kind of have the analogy of a switch, a light switch. So we're on. We're feeling good. Life is good. You've meal prepped. And then all of a sudden you have to work late. So that derails you. You don't go home and eat your planned meal. You don't go home and do your meditation. You don't go to the gym. So you turn the light off your health. You flick that switch off. So it's gone from all to nothing. You flick that switch off and then you pray to God next week is a better week. You can turn your health back on. But here's the thing. Your health never turns off. So I want you to think instead of on and off, I want you to think like a dimmer switch. So when you have these busy weeks and we need to pull out that SOS pack, we turn the dimmer down. Instead of 10,000 steps, can we make it six? Instead of um, food prepping all your meal, can we have some frozen meals in the freezer? I love the brand Dynamics that you can get from Woolies and Coles. Have five of those in the freezer for those days. Instead of having, you know, four gym sessions that go for an hour, can you do three sessions of 20 minutes or 30 minutes. See how you're still enabling those habits, but you're also adapting them to fit into your lifestyle. And this, guess what happens towards the end of the week? You get to Sunday, but you've still performed all your habits and that means you stay on track and then you actually feel good. So this is where we start to remove the perfectionist mentality that we have to have everything perfect and that's more of a self-sabotage because if it's not perfect, it's completely ruined. We need to meet health in the middle. So the SOS pack, and this will look different for every single people. So to prepare, I would have five or, you know, even three to five easy 10-minute meals that you've already pre-tracked, saved as a meal, saved as a recipe in my fitness pal. You can either have a quick five to 10 minute recipes you can come home and make, or you can prep them, put them in the freezer or buy some frozen meals. And then it's about knowing how to adapt your training programs, how to adjust your step targets, 
how can we change our morning and nighttime routine? Instead of doing a 40-minute routine, can we make it a 20-minute routine? So I want you to start thinking about how can your, what could your SOS path look like? Even drop a comment, send me a message and let me know how you go because this has been a life changer for my clients. Now, diving into a little bit of apps and productivity tools that I do use, I personally use monday.com. Now, you can use whatever you like. There is so many um, sort of to-do list type apps. There's Trello. I personally like monday.com purely just because I've tried so many and this one visually, I prefer it. And monday.com just allows you to create lists, color coordinate, do all of that. Now, sometimes we feel so overwhelmed by all the stuff we have to do. It can be really important to put it all on paper and continue to reshuffle. So I don't have just one giant to-do list. It's separated Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, work and personal. So basically what I do is under Monday, I'll have all my work tasks I need to do in one color or my personal tasks I need to do in one color. And then I have a, um, they're in order of priority to non-priority. So urgent to less urgent, but I am constantly and continuously moving things around as my day goes on. So, for example, when Polo had his um, little sugar episode, I was two hours behind. So that meant something had to give on my to-do list. So I had to look at the bottom of the list and I had some not as urgent things that I moved to Thursday. That gave me about an hour and a half back of my day. I allowed myself permission to move things around. And when you can do that, you never feel guilty because you don't complete and tick off every single thing on your list. But you also having an app like monday.com, as soon as you finish something, you tick it off. And then it like puts little stars on the screen. And that's where you get a little dopamine hit. And that's what feels good. That's why we love checklists. Who here will do tasks? And if they forgot to put it on their to-do list, they then put it on the list and then tick it off. That is because you're getting a dopamine hit. And that's what feels good. So capitalize and utilize that and get yourself a to-do list, but make it one that is a you can adapt, make it one that you can put in order for priority, use visual cues. Make sure you can color coordinate and also make sure you're listing it, your personal goals with your work goals too, because they are both just important. Where we go wrong sometimes is we have such a growth mindset with work. We have deadlines, we prioritize, we color coordinate. If I was to ask you what your your calendar looked like at work, I'm probably 100% certain it's all going to be organized. But when it comes to health and mindset, we don't really have to-do lists. We kind of like just wish today I'm going to hopefully get 8,000 steps. I'm going to try and go to the gym. But you need to treat it like your work. It needs to be at that priority of work. So this is why I not only have a to-do list for work, but also my non-negotiable goals. So all my girls on the program, they have the non-negotiables that they have to write down every day. But every day I get them to change based on what their day looks like. The next tip I'm going to dive into is what I like to call the sweet six. Now, I dive really heavy into this 
when I ran the confidence gap workshop, because a big mentality that we struggle with as women is the perfectionist mindset, the all or nothing, feeling like we have to have every category of our life together. But the sweet six is a bit of a game changer and hopefully it helps you shift a little bit. So the sweet six is basically where you choose your biggest priorities and you give that a 10 out of freaking 10. You go hard, you go quality, and you give it your priority. The sweet six are stuff that you need to choose where it's okay to be a six out of 10. So for example, this is going back a couple of years, but I felt I had to run my own business, as you all know. So I'm running my own business and, you know, having a small team here means we have to do basically everything. And, you know, I also am a partner. So I had to make time for my relationship. I'm also a daughter, a sister. So I had to make time for them. And I'm also a friend to a lot of people. So I have to make time for my friends. But then I felt my, I had to have the house perfect and had to cook, build dinner. So here I am thinking I have to go do all of this shit even though Bill does the same amount of hours in me and I still had to come home, cook dinner and then clean the house and have a clean house. And that is instinctively or primitively what I felt I had to do, whether that's something innate in our bodies or it's a social pressure that we get from society. I don't know, but I couldn't do it. I would freak out. I would have meltdowns. I would, I just could not cope. So the sweet six was when I decided, you know what, I'm going to give a 10 out of 10 to my study and work. I'm going to give a 10 out of 10 to my health and training. I'm going to give a 10 out of 10 to my relationships, both my partner, my family, and my friends. So there were my three categories. I decided to go 10 out of 10. What I dropped down to a six was housework and cooking. So I sat down with Bill and I said, look, Okay, I didn't really go like this. I didn't really sit him down and say, look, we need a chat. <laughs> but I spoke to Bill and I was like, I, I just don't have time to cook us dinner every night and I don't have time to clean the house every day. And he's like, well, babe, why are you doing it? I was like, well, I don't know. I just felt like I had to do it. So he had no expectations of me doing this. But the, inter- the internal pressure I put on myself to be perfect in all these areas and have dinner on the table and clean, it was a pressure I put on myself. So then I put that down to a six. I'll make us dinner three nights of the week or four nights of the week. The other nights you can make it or we get Uber Eats. And then with the house cleaning, I asked him, could you possibly do more around the house with me? So could you do these chores? I'll do those chores. And just by communicating with my partner and making me drop from a 10 to a six took away so much pressure Because I bet if you're listening to this, you're like, yes, girl, I relate because it's like you've done a hard day at work. You come home, you have to look after the kids, but then you also have to clean the house and then you get resentment towards your partner because they probably don't even realize the pressures of keeping a house clean, of keeping the kids aligned, making their food, putting dinner on the table. Like, girl, I get it. I get it. So think about the things you can bring down to a six and delegate. Um, I delegated the washing. So instead of doing all the washing, I then gave it to my mum to do and I paid my mum to do the washing. We then got a cleaner to come in once a fortnight, which cost us, I think it was $70 a fortnight between two people. So that's like $35 
for two weeks, which is, you know what, for $35 to have the pressure of not having to clean the house, it was worth it and something I could afford at that time. So think about how can you delegate? What can you speak to your partner about? Or what can you drop down to a six? Because it ultimately doesn't matter that much. So what internal pressures can we take off? And imagine internal pressures like little fires in your body. And by turning that pressure off, you're like putting out these little mini fires. So you're like pouring water on these mini fires. So inside your body, when you have all this internal stress, picture them as little fires around your body. You have these chronic fires all around your body. But when you take that pressure off, you start putting out those fires. Your inflammation will start to go down. Your cortisol will start to go down. So the sweet six. My next tip, treat yourself like a human. I will say that again. Treat yourself like a human. Because you're a freaking human. And I mean this in the nicest way, but why are you different from the next human? Why should you have to be perfect in all these areas when you are a human? You're allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to feel overwhelmed. You're allowed to not be perfect. Why are you so different that you should be perfect? When you start making yourself realizing you're a human like everyone else, you take that pressure off yourself and it allows for you to make more mistakes. Now, one method I really like to to tell my clients is I want you to start, if you're a mom, Think about talking the way you talk to your daughter. If you're a friend, think about the way you talk to your best friend. If you're a sister, how would you talk to your sister? Now, when you feel overwhelmed and the pressure starts to build up, so the little fires start, start growing in your body, how do you talk to yourself versus what would you say to your sister, daughter, or friend? So if, for example, you've had a huge day, the kids are going crazy at home, and you just don't have it all together. What would you what would you say to yourself? Probably be really hard on yourself. And what would you say to your friend or daughter? Now, when you're talking to your friend or daughter or sister, you're probably going to be compassionate. You're probably going to tell them you're human. It's okay. You don't have to get all of this done. But why do we treat ourselves differently? Why should we treat ourselves differently than your daughter, your friend or sister. So start talking to yourself with compassion. The next thing is let go of the all or or nothing mentality. It has never worked. It will never work. And it's unfortunately one of the biggest self-sabotaging behaviors and it does fall into the perfectionist mindset. And we really dive. I have, I think it was like a 10 page module in the confidence gap, just talking about the all or nothing mentality around the latest research and theories. So one thing I want to ask you is, what is your fear if you're not perfect in everything? If you don't get all your steps in, if you were to get 6,000 versus 8,000, if you were to get three sessions in instead of five, what is the worst thing that would happen if you adjusted those goals? Why are we striving to be perfect? When you start really rationalizing the fear, You start to overcome it. But the biggest thing when it comes to the all or nothing is community. We're running a competition at the moment. And the beautiful love, beautiful thing about this competition I love is 
Um, we're all giving each other updates on our day. So we have our non, each have our own different non-negotiables. I don't set certain step targets for everyone. Everyone has their own non-negotiables because everyone's different. There's mums, there's full-time students, there's um, corporate workers, there's everyone's so different. Their lifestyles are different. It has to work for them. But every day we have a check-in at night and they tell us what went well and they tell us what they struggled with. And what they are learning is that everyone has their own shit they're dealing with every day. Some people have to work late. There's urgent things that happen. There's bubs that get sick. And what it does is it normalizes life. Here we are thinking our life has to be perfect. Why does everything happen to me? Why do I have to work late? Why does my bub get sick? Everyone else is going through the same thing. And when you rationalize and normalize yourself as a human, you start to let go of the self-sabotage behavior. Why? Because we have this perception in our head that we have to be perfect. But when you start realizing everyone else like around you is on the same journey, dealing with the same challenges, you start to let go of the perfectionist mentality and you overcome that bigger self-sabotage behavior. So the comfort that you're not alone is enough to actually stop the self-sabotaging. So that's why it's so important to be a part of a community. Don't go through this alone. Don't try and DIY everything. Like reach out to a practitioner, a coach, get a beautiful support network or a community that is full of women. You know, we've got a beautiful one at LMW um, and they're all just so supportive of each other. So if there's anything you can take away from this episode, it's Girl, you can have it all, but you need to let go of being perfect, of the all or nothing, and just get a little bit smarter around how to deal with things. So again, let's just recap some of the tips you can implement. The pink frog, freaking eat that pink frog in the morning, do the hardest task, generate the momentum, build the confidence, own your freaking morning. The SOS pack, have frozen meals in the freezer. Learn how to adjust your non-negotiables. Be able to adjust your training program. Understand that life is ebbs and flows and adjust your lifestyle to those ebbs and flows instead of trying to have a perfect health and fitness life when your life is going to have ebbs and flows. Adapt. Adapt to those ebbs and flows and start thinking of it as a dimmer switch instead of an all or nothing towards your health. So instead of thinking a on and off switch for your health, start thinking of it as a dimmer, turning it up and down. Get yourself an app, whether it's monday.com, Trello, you could even use notes in your phone, whatever suits you. That way you can Not have one giant to-do list, but you break it up. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You can do it any way you like. Personally, that's what's been really beneficial for me. The sweet six, let go of being a 10 out of 10 in every aspect of your life. What you don't need to be a 10 out of 10 in, drop that down and be okay not being perfect. It's okay to delegate. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to have a house that's not spotless clean all the time. It's okay if you don't cook your partner dinner seven days a week. I'm giving you permission. It is okay. Treat yourself like a freaking human because you are. And I mean this in the nicest way. You are not more different or special than the next person. So you have to normalize that you're a human, a very special, unique human, but you are a human. So allow for mistakes. Allow that you don't have to be perfect. Let go of the all or nothing. 
and find yourself a good community so you can surround yourself with real people who have real problems and you can normalize life. And that just gives you comfort because with comfort reduces the self-sabotage behaviors. So that is it for me. I hope this has helped. Give it a go. The last thing I'll say is if nothing changes, nothing changes. And sister, trust me, I have been in your shoes. I have done the hard grind. I have done the all or nothing. I have tried the perfectionist mentality and it got me nowhere. It got me lack of confidence. It got me self-sabotaging behaviors. It led me to depression. So I'm here to tell you as someone who has been through that and is now on the other side, as someone who has studied neurobiology of change, who understands women's brains, the neuroscience of a woman's brain, I'm telling you, if you can start implementing these tips you are going to thank yourself. So thank you for joining me and I can't wait to see you all on the next episode.